You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode three of the BIHO, bringing you the latest interviews from the Elite Series. Well, the games are coming thick and fast. We've only got a couple of interviews for you this week, but two very good ones, though I say so myself. First up is Manchester Storm's Joe Hazeldine. He talks to us about his three-year deal with the club, the wrench to leave Nottingham Panthers, and how much he's enjoying the Elite Series. Plus, we also hear from the Coventry Blaze coach, Danny Stewart, as he talks about his last five years in charge of the Blaze and who's pleasantly surprised them in the Elite Series so far. Coming up first, here's Joe Hazeldine. Joe, thank you for joining us on the, the BIH show. The Elite Series is gathering a bit of pace. How's it been for you in the last week and a half or so, or a couple of weeks really, since you, you joined up with the Manchester team? It's been really good, um, re- relaxed, um, and then we've just been building into it slowly, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, thanks for having me. <laughs> Good stuff. And of course, you're back home in Nottingham, your hometown, of course, uh, a place where that's really formed you as a player. What's it been like being back in the Motor Point Arena and playing there, albeit with no fans there, certainly? Uh, it's definitely different, but it's nice to be back where it all started and be close to home. Not that we can go home, but it's been it's been nice. I've been showing a few guys around the city on walks and everything, but it's been really good. It must be difficult. You mentioned the fact that you're home, but you can't go home. I assume you, your family are, are in the city somewhere. You can't really pop out and see them, can you? No. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to need my washing doing soon, so hopefully we're allowed out. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely hard, but it's obviously for the best, um, keeping everyone safe and everything like that. Good stuff. Now, talk to me about your career so far. You, obviously, the Panthers is where you kind of started. You went through the junior system, then on to Panthers, obviously. You made quite a number of appearances for the Panthers. What were your kind of highlights for, for your time uh, playing at that club? Oh, it's obviously one of the biggest clubs um, in, the whole of, in the whole of Great Britain. So being a part of that and just the, seeing the professionalism and everything like that, it's been, it's 
definitely set me up to be a professional along the way. Um, but coming up through the juniors and um, move, making that step was a difficult one. Um, but I think I, um, I kind of took it well. And then I was, I was down about a few things. And then as I've gradually got older, it's just been keeping the steady playing field and not, not getting too high and not getting too low. That's why I've kind of picked up being being around those guys. Who were the kind of influences on you at the Panthers? I mean, there was a lot of star-studded names. Corey Nielsen was the coach, of course, back in your, your sort of early days. I think David Clark was still around back then. But who who were the guys that really you know took you under their wing and, and sort of talked you through games and situations? Uh, the one that stand, stands out massively is Stevie Lee. Um, I was working, I was training with the Panthers from when I was about 14, 15, and he was always taking time at the end of practice to really help me and develop me. And then Corey put me in touch with him and we started doing stuff away from the rink just to help me make that next jump. And then the year after, yeah, Clarkie was there and yeah, people like that that have been there and done it all definitely took the time away from the the rink to make sure I was okay and work at being a professional. Um, then my second year, um, we were struggling. We was going through a bit of a patch and we brought in Anthony Stewart. Obviously, everyone knows about his career. But just being in that, the British and people helping me and then seeing the real, the real step, played in the best league in the world. But he was just helping me um, just with everything, just on ice stuff that I could probably work on. And then off the ice, he was... Oh, the greatest guy ever! Just really took me under his wing, and that's what that's what you want as a seventeen-year-old kid. Just looking up to people like that. And of course, these are guys that make such a, an impression on your career, as you've just discussed as well. How, how much can guys like that, maybe not him necessarily, help you when when things are down and things aren't going so well? That maybe a text message or a, a Zoom call like this, for example, can maybe help you look at things a little bit differently. Yeah, definitely. And people like that, they're the ones that you want around in your career, the people that are going to help have a positive influence on you. Um, but I was just a sponge taking everything in and just hopefully one day, probably not, I haven't got the veteran status yet, but I'd, I'd like to be just half the people that they've had to help me, um, definitely. Now, the last couple of years at Panthers have been a bit of change with, with coaching and things like that. Rich Chairman has, Rick Strachan, more recently Tim Wallace, but you've been sort of dabbling with NIHL clubs as well, playing with Peterborough, Swindon, Telford. How much did they help you come along as a player, as someone you know looking to, to make that break in the Elite League? Oh, massively. Just giving me minutes and um, so I could play regularly and just have a bit of more of a role down in that lower league, but uh, the standard's still really good and I mean, I, the last year in Peterborough when I was with Slava, Slava just gave me kind of a bit of a leash and said, here you are, don't worry about making mistakes and just really work on your game and play, work into your strengths kind of thing. But definitely with the minutes there and then training through the week with the Panthers, it's, it's really helped me a lot going forward. 
And of course, uh, more recently, you've kind of come away from the Panthers. COVID, of course, has played a big part in everybody's life and career over the last 12 months, of course. But I'm just made a few notes on the on the way here. You had a, a spell in Germany, Weisswasser, um, playing in the, the German I put third tier. I think they're the fourth tier team. What was that like? Uh, definitely a life experience. Uh, I just wanted to get out and just play play hockey. Corey just Corey Nielsen, obviously, he just put me in touch with the the coach there, and that's where he was based with the DEL two side. So I just went out there. I wanted to play hockey. Um, the standard was still okay. It wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too bothered about the standard. I was just wanted to be playing. And then luckily, I got to play with Corey's team for the preseason. Um, and it's just again being around professional guys and seeing a different part of the world and playing again at a high standard. It was it was fantastic. And of course, you had Mac Howlett with you, who's currently with the Coventry Blaze. I know Mac obviously from his time in Glasgow. That must have been nice having someone of a similar culture to be able to to share that experience with. Yeah, definitely. Well, me and Mac lived together. Uh, it was definitely easier. Um, not having to translate things to ask for stuff. But, yeah, me and Mac had a great time. And then the league got shut down and we both came away. And luckily, we uh, this this elite series has started for us both. But before the series, you had the, the North Cup. You took part in that with the, the Nottingham Lions. Again, a bit close to home. How much did, did that help to get you in the mood for, for this competition? It was amazing. I can't thank the Lions enough, obviously, I I left just before I could play. I played one game for them before I left for the Panthers, but I was playing with my brother, and that's an experience I'll never forget. It was a, uh, that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever done in hockey, being him being my D partner, and obviously he's going to be. Hopefully, he becomes a bit of a star. He needs to get his name out there a little bit, but he's really good. Um, but just having that um, situation where I can I can play back with the people I grew up playing with as well. Um, but yeah, I can't thank Matt Bradbury and uh, Paul Glass enough for letting me play. Good. And of course, now you're in the, the Elite Series, Manchester Storm picked you up, they give you a three-year deal as well. How much of a wrench was it to, to finally walk away from Panthers into, into a new stage in your career? Um, it was it was tough. Um, I had to weigh up a lot of options, but at the age that I am now, I'm just looking for ice time and playing, playing a lot of minutes. Um, and Ryan Finity offered me that and I was kind of sold I, I was looking forward to coming to Manchester and then the league got obviously shut down but I'm glad this thing's came up and hopefully I can have a good few years there I'm really enjoying it at the minute um, obviously playing a lot of minutes um, and yeah it's been great and of course you're, you're playing alongside some good players as well. Andreas Klavestad, I think, has missed the last couple of games with an injury. Zach Sullivan, another player I know well, certainly from his time in Glasgow, and has worked with Ryan Finnerty for a, a number of years. How, how much did, do you take in off these guys in terms of advice that they give you, especially in a competition like this? Oh, it's really good. Uh, I take in a lot of a lot of things, um, especially off Dallas. He's been my day partner over the last couple of games. Um, just learning little things and just the support and the on the bench and everything like that when we've only got 5D has been fantastic. Um, it's obviously been tough and we've all had to pull up together with uh, Clav being out, but it's been it's been great just learning, picking up little pieces. I feel like I have more of a role here than I have the last couple of years. Uh, I'm definitely excited about going forward with Manchester. 
and picked up some good results as, as well, albeit he seemed to be doing it the hard way, either getting winners in the last minute or, or taking games into overtime as well. But what does that do for the overall character of the team as you move forward? Yeah, obviously we'd like to close games out a little bit earlier than what we have been doing. Um, but again, it's we're finding a way to win and that's what's the main the main objective as well. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we want to clear it up a little bit before we start getting to the last minutes. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's great for the character wins when you, two points is two points, right? But uh, we don't want to give keep, keep teams sniffing around. Now, take us into the, the hotel, you know, take us into the team a wee bit. What's kind of life in the hotel like? What's it like? What's your typical day um, being around the, the, the guys and, and prepping for games? <laughs> a lot of PlayStation. Um, <laughs> but no, it's um, it's pretty good. Obviously, spending time, we've got a meeting room we can all hang out in and um, play like table tennis and Xbox. And we've been watching the golf recently. Um, obviously, that's finished now. But just going to the shop if we if we need stuff, just for a little break away from our rooms. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's just been a lot of Xbox and a lot of time on our own. And that's the key thing, isn't it? Try not to get bored in something like that, because obviously you're there between games. When you're at the, the arena, you're, you're doing your bit, you're practising, you're, you're taking in the instruction, you're, you're looking at video and things like that as well. So how, is it difficult to maybe keep your mind sharp at times when you're, you're basically hanging around the hotel all the time? Um, yeah, probably. Sometimes it's harder, harder to get yourself into it, but it's also a lot harder to switch yourself off when you're around the game as much and especially with games coming thick and fast um but yeah it's it's hard to stay focused sometimes but hard to switch off um so yeah it's it's difficult it's a lot different to what players are normally used to um but it's great that we're all together and uh, sharing a lot of experiences that we'll probably look back on in a few years and thank god that we have come out of it <laughs> And of course, I'm mindful of the fact that a lot of you have come in with you know various uh, um, levels of fitness. Some guys hadn't played for over a year. I'm thinking of the likes of Matt Haywood and Craig Beacock, you know, previously with Glasgow. You were playing in the in Germany and the the North Cup recently as well. What is the the general fitness like among the team? You've had a good number of games now between you, plenty of practice sessions. Is it fair to say you're, you're getting to match sharpness if not there already? Yeah, I think we've over the last couple of games we've been at match fitness has been back up. Um, but yeah, Woody and Peaks were struggling the first training session. They, they said they haven't been, they'd only played on the outdoor rink when everything was frozen up there. Um, but yeah, we're all, uh, we're all back, back to match fitness, I think. Good. Now I've got one question that's come from Twitter. You've probably seen it. Uh, Scott McKenzie, an old, I think he's an old teammate of yours at Telford, um, asking about a, a moustache. How long did it take you to grow that moustache? I think it was the, the picture that I tweeted out. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember when it was started. Um, probably about six or seven weeks ago, maybe. Are you still trying it? Have you given up on it just now? Uh, I'll, I'll keep it around for a little bit longer. It seems to be the end thing at the minute, so yeah, I'm going to keep it on. <laughs> Good man, Joe. Listen, thank you so much for joining us on the BIA show. Great to have you on board. It's always nice to hear what you guys are up to between games and everything. So best of luck for the rest of the series and thanks for your time. Cheers. Thank you for having me.
That was Joe Hazeldine of Manchester Storm. Our next guest just coming up is the Coventry Blaze head coach, Danny Stewart, and it's five years almost since he took over the job from Chuck Webber, and it's been quite a five years. He led the club to third place in 2019-20, and who knows what might have been had the season not been curtailed because of the coronavirus pandemic. Well, they're holding their own in this elite series right now, doing quite well. He's brought in a raft of exciting players as well. So I get a chat with Danny Stewart, and he tells us the insight from what it's been like for Coventry Blaze. Here's Danny. Danny, welcome to the BIHO. Joining us from your hotel room in Nottingham, uh, head coach of the Coventry Blaze, of course. Halfway through the tournament, Danny, what are your, your thoughts on how your team have performed so far? Yeah, I think as it, as it, as expected, I guess, up, ups and downs. I think uh, with three three day preparations, not ideal, but uh, I think we're, we're slowly getting better, better in areas that, that we've obviously uh, pinpointed early on that, that need to be better. But I think no matter how good your prep is or how good your, 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 your I guess your, your progress is, there's always going to be kinks at this stage. So, you know, might, might even take till playoffs to really get everyone completely on the same page. If that, so that's uh, a bit of a unique situation, a unique event, but uh, you know, we're all happy to be back playing. And that's it. The games are all coming thick and fast now. So prep for each game, what you do on the ice, the video stuff and all that as well. I mean, how much, how much are you finding at the time as we go? Uh, I think, I mean, being in the hotel, we got, you know, and you're not, you're not kind of balancing it with other things. You've got plenty of time for the prep and the video and all that stuff. I think that the, the, the biggest obstacle for us is obviously fresh legs. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys that haven't played a lot of hockey, some that have played a little bit and, you know, just a very few that have been fortunate to play most of the season. And, um, you know, we're already seeing, you know, a lot of niggles and a lot of tired legs and guys getting fatigued. So it's just, it's trying to find the time because you got so much still to work on, but also trying to find the time to get these guys rest and, um, it's, it's a, it's a big challenge and, you know, we look ahead at the schedule and it gets heavier and heavier in that last week and, and into playoffs is, is, is crazy. So, you know, it's just trying to find that balance and, and, and get these guys rested when they can. Now you've had some good results and not some not so good results as you go, but you're doing okay at the moment. You know, can you, can you pinpoint just exactly where you think your successes have been? Well, I think, I think against Nottingham, we've, uh, we've, we've played well, we've played, we've defended well, you know, last game, they, they did have a, they did a high shot count, but we felt like a lot of their shots, they, they came in, I think with a game plan to kind of throw everything on net. And a lot of their shots were coming from the outside and we did a good job getting, getting second pucks out of the way and letting Noe see the puck. So I thought we defended well in both games against Nottingham, um, Manchester. I thought we played well in both, both games as well. Obviously could have went either way, both overtime games and, I guess the only two games that I could say weren't, weren't great were to be fair, the only game we were, we were really bad for, for three periods was the first Sheffield encounter. And then, you know, last night I thought for the first and third period, we played really good hockey. Um, and, and unfortunately a, a bad second period was, was our doing. So um, it cost us a hockey game. So, uh, you know, obviously against them, you know, we, we still got some work to do. Now, I want to take you all the way back to kind of the start of all this when the Elite Series was announced and you were going to get involved in a in a draft, which is something quite unique to, to British ice hockey, certainly. Take us into the insight of your, your, your of your draft and how you, you prepped and, and who you wanted. How did you how did you go around to that? Well, I think the first thing we looked at was the first round, you know, the possibilities who who were potential 
first picks. And, um, you know, obviously I think initially there was still some uncertainty with bounds and, um, you know, obviously I think Lake and Hammond were the, were the two guys that I guess were maybe at the top of the list and, um, Nottingham, when Nottingham had traded up, um, you know, obviously changed our thinking a little bit, but, you know, I think we had it in our head that whoever was available with us having the third pick, whoever was available between Hammond and Lake, then we would obviously take them, um, to give us that, I guess, classes of this event and extra, you know, class forward. So that was our first thought. And then after that, we just kind of, we looked at our back end and we wanted to make sure that we were solid back there and, um, you know, there was, there's a few names we floated around and, you know, we decided to pick Swinney and, um, you know, a lot of experience and, you know, big body that can skate and big ice here in Nottingham. And, and then after that, we just kind of, we, we looked at youth and we, we wanted to kind of go young and, and guys that maybe were, were going to come in and, and be hungry to kind of prove themselves and maybe give us a shop window to look at some Brits and possibly for next season if not then maybe down the road in the future we feel we have a really good British core and you know but there will come a day in in the distant future where we're one or two maybe more move on and you know the more knowledge we have about guys the better and of course the, the import rule was changed obviously eight imports came in how did you you shop for those guys I think that the Norwegian league I think has been a, a big help to to all the coaches because of their early shutdown as well so how did you identify the guys to, to bring in and, and get them integrated into the team yeah I mean it's I think the first I guess thing we looked at was you know trying trying our best to find guys that that had played a little bit this year and you know, were on the back of the playing, you know, their season's finishing and um, it, it became a little bit tricky. And then, you know, we looked at, again, youth, you know, a couple of college guys that we had signed, you know, guys that were hungry that maybe just for whatever reason didn't find a club and, um, but we heard great things about and, um, you know, again, gave, giving us a shop window to potentially look at these guys for next season. And um, obviously, returning guys, we looked at all options in terms of guys we had last season and who was available. And um, and I think once, you know, after Bouncy had been picked and and we, we, we obviously committed to, or we knew Bouncy, we weren't going to get a guy like Bouncy as a British goalie. We, we had committed to going an import goalie as well. So, um, you know, obviously, Owen with his knowledge of the league and you know the couple of seasons he spent here was was a bit of a no-brainer and um it, it was a tough it was a tough balance to, to be honest and then absolutely when the Norwegian league and as leagues started finishing or, or teams started getting eliminated from playoffs and you know Denmark and Poland and, and and leagues like that it obviously just opened it up a little bit more but we we had a very short window to get a team in place so you, you, you didn't have the luxury of time watched a little bit of video talk to a few people and it was really just making a decision I think I've, I've asked you before about um, how, how much you wanted to bring back the team of 2019-20 that got you into that third place that did so well for you prior to the, the coronavirus lockdown um, I think you said you had something like 14 signed up for what would have been a 2020-21 season how difficult was it to try and get some of the, the guys back that you would have liked to have got back yeah, it was difficult. Um, you know, it was uh, such a special season, you know, with unfinished business and we got those guys signed back and on board and they were happy. I mean, I think for the first time in a long time in country, we had guys that were 
like beat me to it, you know, coming to me saying, you know, what's your plans for next year? I'd love to come back. And, and that's a good sign that you did things right. Not just from our end as coaches, but as an organization as a whole. And, um, and then not to have the season goal was very frustrating. And then obviously guys, you know, we tried to keep guys updated as when there was potential for something and, but guys had to make the decision if they wanted to play. And we were honest with all our guys and we basically, you know, my suggestion to them was like, just play, make sure you play. So if you get an opportunity, go. And a lot of them did. And then when the series came up, you know, we've got several guys from, from that team that had been signed for this season that were playing elsewhere. And I had good conversations with them. And I think just, you know, with them, we, we decided what was best for them. You know, a lot of them figured where they were was probably best in terms of, you know, the security of, of the season ongoing and, and, and had the ability to play into mid-May and possibly June if they had playoff runs. And, you know, last thing I wanted to do was potentially bring a guy over here and have him leave his club. And then we, you know, for whatever, you know, worst case, we had a COVID outbreak or something like that. And we had to shut down and then these guys were out without hockey. So, um, but obviously we were able to, to get camper back and, and Yanni as well. And, you know, along with our Brits and it was, it was good to get that a little bit of familiarity back as well. So of your current team, have you been pleasantly surprised by any of them? Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's still a lot to learn about these guys. It's been a short period of time, but you know, Keck's obviously come in and impressed so far. He's, He's scoring a lot of goals for us. And, you know, we knew that we, we, we had a feeling he would, he would provide us with that. You know, he's, he's coming from Nebraska Omaha, which is inarguably the, the toughest conference in college hockey division one. And, you know, they play against the likes of Minnesota Duluth and North Dakota and St. Cloud state. And I mean, these are top programs where, you know, they're probably top four to six forwards are going to the NHL or American league at the very least. So um, we knew he'd be a quality player. We knew he had a lot of speed. Um, yeah, the rest the rest of the guys have been good. You know, some of the young Brits have come in and impressed and and done a good job for us. Uh, you know, I, I really liked um, our, our our Brits from last season. I think Clem has really, really uh, Clements has really done a good job with the with the added ice time and situational minutes that he's getting. And you know, Forbesy the last couple of games we've thrown back on D, um, and I think he's done a really good job. Um, always been great for us. Um, can't really fault him for, for the Sheffield games. And, um, that was more of a, a team effort in front of them. And, um, yeah, no, a lot, plenty, plenty of positives so far. I want to ask about you as a coach. It's now five years, well, more or less five years since you took over at Coventry Blades. How much do you feel you've come on as a coach when you think back to not only the last five years, but your previous stint when you were at Newcastle and what was there last season as it turned out? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long decade of, of coaching <laughs> and, uh, couple couple um turbulent years there in newcastle and then first year in fife but a lot of great work in fife and uh it was a great organization and uh, but when i came here I, I think i've come on a long way um i think uh you know probably the biggest obstacle for me early on in in coventry was was battling the emotions and um you know being a player coach in newcastle and fife i still had the, that ability to get on the ice and and go you know finish a check or you know, obviously I didn't fight as much in, in later on in my career as I did earlier on, but uh, you still had that ability to, to exert your emotions. But on the bench, you know, 
and not saying that I'm, I'm quiet on the bench, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's battling those emotions and, and keeping them in check when you need to. And, and, you know, focusing and, and everything's about the players as a coach and nothing's really should be about yourself. And that, that's one thing we, we believe in, in, in Coventry anyway, and, um, just kind of working in the dark, but, uh, you know, I think, I think recruiting, I've learned a lot over the last couple of years, I think in, uh, you know, day to day, how to, how to manage players and the right way, especially in this era. Um, you know, it's different. I don't think, uh, I don't think these are the type of guys that you can just scream and yell at all the time. And I think every coach will agree that, you know, each guy's, each guy's different in their own way. And it's trying to learn everything you can about each individual so you can manage the best of your ability. And, um, you know, we could, we could go on and on, but no, I definitely think, uh, over the last few years, or I'd like to think anyway, that I've matured quite a bit. <laughs> and of course you've got Dale Keane alongside you, who I know plays such a, a big role for you. How important is it to have him there? You know, in that journey, you talked about how much you've come along. How big a part does he play in that? keno has been, Keno has been great for this organization. He's been great for me as well. He's, uh, you know, Keno does a lot of good things, um, for this organization on and off the ice. And um, like I said, he makes me better at my job and he, he, he helps in areas where maybe that aren't, aren't the greatest strengths of mine. Um, and, and, and he makes me better in those areas. And um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a great thing. And um, I think, I know he's loved it and he's loved the, the challenge. You know, he, he came from basically coaching juniors and young kids to straight into this role um, but he's, he's really handled it well. And I think it's been great for his development as well to, to learn at this level. And um, I think it's great for, for, to have a British coach involved as well. Is he someone you could see as a head coach in his own right one day, maybe? Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. I mean, he's, you know, I think, I think he's, he's getting better every, every day at what he does and, and learning more and more. And, uh, you know, obviously he's gotten involved in the, in the GB program with the under twenties there and he'll learn more there and, you know, different type of formats. So, you know, Keno's a smart kid and he, and he works at, at what he wants to do. So yeah, no, there's, there's not, no reason why he, he, he couldn't be in the future. I've got to ask finally, how much are you missing the fans? You've played these games now. I dare say you're probably used to it, but Without the noise, it does make it a little bit different, doesn't it? It does. It does. Uh, it's a bit, bit awkward, a uh, bit odd, and I mean, you hear everything too. So you gotta, you know, you you get mad at a call and you scream out the whole rink hears you know, or probably hear you on the webcast too. But yeah, it's different. You know, it's 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 strange when when a goal goes. Sometimes the goal goes in. It takes it's a delayed two second reaction before you know it's in, and you know, usually the roar of the crowd is how you find out or. Um, but yeah, I think the players miss it the most. I mean, it's nothing better than, you know, a big hit or a goal or something like that. Something big happens in a game and hearing that, that noise and it just kind of gives you that buzz. So you got to find other ways to kind of create that buzz. You know, I think the guy's got to be more vocal on the bench and, and things like that. But yeah, it's definitely been a, been an adjustment. Danny, great to have you on board on the BIH show. Best of luck for the rest of the tournament. Hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, guys. 
And that was Danny Stewart, the Coventry Blaze head coach, joining us on the BIH show. Big thanks to Danny and also big thanks to Joe Hazeldine for joining us on the show this week, bringing us the insights from their respective clubs. Latest news and information on the Elite Series is on BritishIceHockey.co.uk. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, at BritIceHockey, and also on Instagram. So get involved with the game day polls, anything else we've got going on as well. We always like to hear from you. We'll be back next week with another edition of the BIH show. I'm Craig Anderson. Thank you very much for watching and enjoy your hockey and stay safe. Bye for now. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.